a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of This Is Wrestling. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Kicking off the year, man, you know what I mean? We, we uh, had the MLW uh, event. Hope you all checked out that episode. But man, in terms of the, the big four, remember the big four of WWE pay-per-views? Well, the, the very first one of the year is always my favorite, and it's the Royal Rumble 2022. And... If some of you already know this, that I hope you guys watched our live Twitch stream. Uh, but I hosted a, a co-hosted a, a massive, huge party uh, here in Dallas, Texas, with, no, with none other than then Selena De La Renta. Speaking of MLW, and also the forthcoming Texas-style pro wrestling, we're gonna get into all of it, and we're gonna start that right now. Come on back because it's the Royal Rumble 2022. Good evening, ladies and. Channel marks. My name is Selena De La Renta, and I have something to tell you. Texas Dow Wrestling is throwing a rumble watch party at the Dave and Busters, and you are invited. So please come meet me, join us, and get the opportunity to win amazing prices and maybe a gasolina shirt. See you there. Okay, so glad that you guys are with us here. So listen, we have a lot to get into here. Like I just mentioned before, I hosted, uh, co-hosted this huge party at Dave & Buster's, courtesy of my man Chris McDonald. He is the uh, entertainment director there. Um, and he's a good buddy of mine, and he's a great, great dude. And, and, uh, and we've been wanting to do something together for a while. And we hadn't seen each other uh, in a bit because of the whole kind of pandemic deal. And so we ran into each other at Impact Wrestling. Also in Dallas at Hard to Kill. Hope you've checked out that episode. Uh, we had two huge nights of the Hard to Kill, and then they, they taped for two weeks. So I hope you've, you've checked, have a chance to check that out uh, on Spotify, Heart Radio, and everywhere else you get your your um, download your podcast there. So we've been working diligently for weeks, and we tossed a bunch of ideas around. He worked his ass off to really put this together. Uh, and I don't mind uh, saying that I also... Uh, put a lot of effort and a lot of work and made a lot of my own investments into that as well. And uh, in terms of promotion, I had our team make this killer poster that I'm very proud of. And, uh, you know, somebody like Selena De La Renta, that, that deserves a poster. That, that, that's, a, that's a face and a body and, and a, a look that you want to always remember. And uh, I'm a big fan of hers, so I was excited to, to meet her and, and all that. And I should tell you, uh, to people that have been following on social media, uh, yes, so Selena was actually supposed to be uh, my guest this week uh, to do kind of a look back on the event and talk about some things that she's got going on and the whole bit. 
Uh, and she, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it this week. So, Or I should say she chose not to make it this week. And again, that's not to be uh, disparaging, but uh, um, I don't know. She, she had committed to it there at the actual event. And I know we're going to be working together again, coming up with this amazing promotion based right here out in Dallas called Texas Style Pro Wrestling. And we actually had tried to get together a couple times before. And I actually had, had confirmed with her the night before. Uh, for whatever reason, she wasn't interested in talking about the Rumble. It seemed like that somehow speaking or talking about the Rumble, um, it almost sounded like she was contractually obligated not to or, or, or something. Or, or I don't know. But uh, just the night before, um, she sent me uh, a message saying that she was unable to do the show and unable to talk about it, but look forward to us working together in the future. So there you have it. I don't know. Um, it is what it is, and I hope that, uh, again, I wouldn't want to cost her any opportunities, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that she didn't really want to talk about the Rumble because I, I don't know what opportunity it could, it could potentially could cost her, but that, that was just the vibe that I got, so... My apologies to my listeners. Uh, that does, you know, because again, my, my word is good. I tell you, we're going to have somebody on. Uh, and this is the first time that's happened where I told you somebody was going to be on and they, and, they, and they weren't. And uh, I didn't have time to get a replacement. So anyway, um, you know, she had her reasons. But I just want to let, let you guys know of why Selena isn't here this week. But man, you know what? We're going to have a good time anyway. And we did have a good time. And Selena is awesome. And she was so a lot of fun to work with um, at the Royal Rumble party. Now, if you've already have seen the, the Royal Rumble and you saw both matches... Um, <laughs> you know that it wasn't that great, unfortunately. And I'm not one of these people who complain. I don't. I don't know. I think that's just the, the state of the world right now. Everybody, you know, has been given a voice thanks to social media, and everyone has chosen to use that voice to complain and bitch and moan about shit. And there is something about professional wrestling that just lends itself to, you know, I guess it's like you know, it's like you watch a football game. You know, if your team won, it was a good game. If your team lost, it was a bad game. That's it. But but nobody's just dissecting it and having just so many different varyings of opinions because because there's so much things on the show. There's so many things that can go wrong that affords people to have so many different individual opinions. And I saw a guy, I think it was at ADW, who just held a sign that said, just enjoy wrestling. And that's what we say here. Just enjoy it, man. Have a good time with it. And that's what we're here to do. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're not going to be critical, uh, of course, uh, and 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 give our opinions, and uh, and but that, but also in the in the spirit of, of good fun as well. But uh, the Royal Rumble, you know, like I said, if you grew up with it, I uh, you know the very first one was in 1988, and I it was just on television. It wasn't even like a pay per view, and it didn't really become kind of a thing until a few years later. And if you're a big wrestling fan, then you already know that for most, including myself, the 1992 Royal Rumble with Ric Flair, and that one's hard to beat, and I doubt they'll ever will beat it because you would have to recreate that time again, and that time is over. And uh, and that, and that was a very very special special time. But I've been very very fortunate. Uh, like I said, over the years to have some great moments. I actually attended, the only one I've ever attended was the one uh, 2017 in San Antonio. As I, as I talk to you now, I am sitting in my take-home chair from the 2017 Royal Rumble just to get me in the spirit for this episode, okay? Uh, but again, and I was very fortunate. I think it was the 2000 in, was it 15, 16? Let's ask Google. Okay, Google. 
Uh, what year was the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia? Let's see. I think your answer is in this table. Yes, so 2015, that was correct. Uh, I was in Park City, Utah, and uh, got to enjoy the Rumble with Scott Hall and, uh, and Jake the Snake Roberts and Sin Bodie and a few others. Um, as uh, our buddy Diamond Dallas Page, who, of course, who you know, was our very first guest on the show, who encouraged me to do this show, was uh, uh, he was exhibiting his, his movie, the, Resurrect Re the Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. And but he wasn't at the party because he snuck out and we saw him on TV because he was like a, a surprise entry. I kept asking, "Where's Dallas?" And then he, he shows up on TV. And this was cool, man. This wasn't like a public event. This was just like if your friend had a Super Bowl party and you got and you it just happened to be there. You know, Scott Hall and um, and Jake Roberts who feature heavily in the film. That's why they were in town. It was amazing. But, you know, the, the Royal Rumble is one of those things where you want to watch with a crowd. I don't mind watching the Elimination Chamber or whatever, you know, the next day or even alone or whatever. But the Royal Rumble, that just screams friends, crowd, good food, good beer, or whatever it is that you like. Um and, you know, a lot of people also like to bet or just, you know, make it friendly, you know, like it's just one of those things like a football pot where you pick a number and, and you, all, you all have different types of of ways of because of, it just demands prediction because there's so many surprises. Now, I can't imagine anyone's listening to this show right now who doesn't know what the Royal Rumble is. But just very quickly, the Royal Rumble is uh, not your traditional battle royal style thing. It's basically you have to imagine, spend your disbelief that 30 wrestlers that you do not know which 30 are coming out. There's two matches, of course, the men's and then the women's. And then the, the women's have just began the last four or five years. It's only like the fourth or fifth one they've ever done. And we got to do the very first one with Gail Kim uh, up at Ardmore, Oklahoma, a few years ago, which was a great treat. Um, so imagine that. So it's like that. There's 30 wrestlers that are going to be in each match. And you that's the big thing. You don't know which 30. And they all seemingly, okay, again, suspend your disbelief, drew randomly these numbers and they're all going to come out, uh, you know, two of them are going to start at the beginning, and then they're going to come out every two minutes, and another person's going to kind of join the fray, and then uh, you, you toss over the top rope, both feet at the floor, then you're out. And they keep doing that, and obviously it's going to go on for, you know, two minutes for 30 is uh, an hour at least. Now, when I say two minutes, that's Titan time, because sometimes it'll be 30 seconds later, sometimes it'll be like four minutes later, um, and, as they like to say. Uh, but it's godly. I mean, it's so much fun because the big thing is, is that you, since you don't know who's who, who's coming out, they use that as an opportunity to like bring back people, like surprises. And before that wasn't the case, or, or, or they brought people back, yes, but it wasn't because to surprise you was because they simply didn't have enough people and they just needed somebody workable that could come in and you know get a pop and get out of there. But that created a precedent that people have embraced and, and expect and, and, and it wish wouldn't be the rumble without it. It's tradition now. So you're going to get a couple of, you know, knockoffs and celebrities and comedy bits and then, you know, some crazy surprise or a renewed rivalry or just, you know, just something special. That's what it is. It's special. And they usually do it really, really well. Uh, 2020, of course, they had to, to do it without, I'm sorry, 2021, last year, they had to do it without 
a crowd there, which that's the whole thing is counting down. You know, every two minutes you do the whole, you know, so it's like New Year's Eve, like, you know, 10, 9, 8, you know, the whole bit to see who's going to come out. Well, uh, you know, it's not hard to mess up. So, and there's so much at stake, but uh, man, this year, as you know, has gotten some serious uh, bad, bad reception. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of those voices. In fact, I even said at the party, if those of you, I appreciate y'all that watched it live, um, on my Twitch channel, uh, which I got in a little bit of trouble for. I, I didn't, I, I, I had the volume down and it had it half screenings, you know, I wasn't trying to break the rules, but, uh, but you know, they still frowned on it in any way. And I had to sit in Twitch jail for a couple of days. But anyway, but we're back and running. I hope you're checking out twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid. And I appreciate all the people that were watching live. And and you can still see the pre-show uh, with me and Selena De La Renta. And we're making the intros. And, and like I said, I mentioned before, Chris McDonald put together this great party. But also, like I mentioned before, like interactive stuff. He put together like this kind of almost like a... You know, like a like a like a game. Like you know, who do you think is going to win? What are going to be the final three? That type of stuff. And and there's a copy of that on our website at trickykid.com, tricky-kid.com to check that out. And I posted one also on our on our, on our uh, social media, which is TKR Wrestling for Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling. Make sure you're following all that stuff. Okay. So now that you know all of that. And nothing, nothing really in wrestling, really. Not even WrestleMania really beats that like I mean, you know again you get to do this countdown 30 times or i guess he like 28 times but now with two matches 54 times in one day one night and you know surprise after surprise and this just didn't have at least the men's didn't have really any of that and i don't want to sound like a or, or i don't want to beat a dead horse i know what if you're watching wrestling you're listening to this everyone's talking about shane mcmahon um I didn't really want to get into this because, again, I, I hate the whole backstage and, you know, people trying to pull back the curtain and, and the whole Dave Meltzer bullshit. I don't, I'm not here for that and I don't, don't give a shit. Uh, but the gist of it is this, is it, and let me clarify something because there's something that's missing from all these reports is Shane McMahon has been let go. What? Fuck. How do you get fired from the company that your dad owns and your sister co-runs and fuck what okay Shane McMahon holds no official position and hasn't for a long time okay obviously it's a family business so you know if I ran a, a, a flower shop or a or if I ran a haircutting business and my son who's not an official employee or daughter knew how to cut hair I let her come in as long as she had her cosmetology license you know, she can come and cut hair that, that day, that weekend, whatever. And but uh, but apparently Shane, it, it sounds out of character for him. For, I don't I'm no authority on him, but I'm just saying like he seems like he was kind of a a team player. And what they're labeling him as just a complete fucking monster. He just came in. My dad doesn't know what he's talking about. Yes, I know he told you to do this, but I'm telling you to do it, and you must do it. So in that way, he's got a little bit of power because people, I guess, are kind of afraid to piss him off. But in terms of being official, you can't fire somebody and let somebody go that's not there in the first place. He, he has a whole different title with a completely different non-wrestling company, and that's what he does. Anyway, uh, but apparently that's why it was such a scramble. And it's not like it was any fun at all for anybody that was actually there 
working the match and working back behind stage that he was just aggressive and making it all about him and 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 I got to know I guess he was having some midlife crisis and, and trying to create in one day create the whole promotion around him and heading into the next pay-per-view and of course the big WrestleMania which is going to be here in Dallas which I hope you will be too we have a whole crazy crazy week every day it seems like they're adding two or three events every year it's like it's like the South by Southwest it's like wrestling South by Southwest version or vice versa where it's just literally sun up to sun down all night 24 7 wrestling seriously like uh, matches appearances parties the whole the whole shebang anyway so okay so let's go ahead and what i want to do is is i want to go ahead and start with uh the party and and walk you through because again you can read all this online i want to give you a people's history so we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors and we'll be right back and we're going to start with world rumble 2022 with the women's match
Fellowship app. Also, as well as this, is that we have an event poster here tonight. And I will sign this, Selena will sign this. Just make sure you download the app. Also, make sure you download the Business Wrestling with Return on either Spotify or iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcast. Do it, and you'll get one of these as well. Lots of things to give away here. We've got koozies, posters, we have autographed t shirts. We may come and get a selfie and a photo with Selena. Uh, so I wonder what, what surprises are you looking forward to tonight? For us, man, like I said, I I um, I arrived at the Dave and Buster's in in Dallas, Texas, off of Central Expressway, there off of seventy five. And again, my buddy Chris is the um, he's an awesome guy, and he's the artistic director there, and he and he put the thing together and and um, invited me to be a part of it. And we had great posters made and flyers and all different types of uh, of of swag. And again, it was a co 
uh, also sponsorship with uh, with Texas Style Pro Wrestling, um, and we were giving away tickets to that event. Um, and a bunch of stuff happening during WrestleMania uh, week. Again, like I mentioned, it's going to be here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, don't miss April 1st. Texas-style pro wrestling comes to you from Addison, Texas at 7 o'clock. And we'll have much more information about that coming up. Um, they'll have some competition. I understand that, that uh, let's see here, um, that I guess it's that, that Friday is also WWE SmackDown, which is now also going to include the Hall of Fame at the end and all kinds. So it's going to be a big, big weekend. Anyway, so I get there and uh, and we get all set up and there's a big, big house. We, we, we've been promoting this uh, for, you know, for, for, for several weeks now. And they had a step and repeat where you could come meet me and come meet Selena De La Renta and watch it on this big 40-foot screen. And we had some fun because apparently just a few minutes, I hope he doesn't kill me for this, but just literally just not even a half an hour before the show started, apparently uh, the higher ups for the powers that be had actually had forgotten to order the uh, the pay-per-view. And so we, we, you know, we had a backup plan. We both have Peacock accounts and we were going to figure out a way to do it, but uh, we had, a, we had a, a tense moment there. And again, this is, there's so much that can go wrong and I'm streaming this whole thing I said live and, and. And here we are, and it's our first event together, and we all want it to go so so well. And then, you know, literally several minutes beforehand, there might not have, have been a rumble party at all. <laughs> but uh, what? But once once we got once we knew that was that was good to go. My very first time uh, actually meeting Selena, I, I really wish that we'd had a chance to chat at length. Uh, beforehand, uh, before we did did the whole thing, but um, but it wasn't until I had literally a hot mic in my hand, and how we had planned it, or at least how Chris had also had planned it, was he had two microphones, and I'm kind of on the right, she's on the left, and he goes, oh, now I want to introduce our host, and you know he introduces her and introduces me. And, and then we're going to kind of meet in the middle and address the crowd. Well, she showed up without a microphone. And I was kind of like, man, what's, what, what is this? You know, I wonder why she, you know, did she forget it? And uh, so I started off by saying, hey, everybody. I go, welcome to the biggest freaking Royal Rumble party in history. And I said, listen, I got one spoiler for you. I said, the one gal that you were hoping was going to be in the Royal Rumble isn't. But the good news is that she's standing right next to my left. Please welcome Selena De La Renta. And I introduced her and I threw a couple of questions to her. Uh, but she kind of like shut it down a little bit. She goes, hey, I told the other guy I didn't want to talk on the mic. And I was just like, you don't want to talk on the mic. What? what that's what That's what we're here for. I, you know, so I, I think there was some miscommunication there in terms of like what we were expecting her to do versus what she was told she was going to do. Again, I, I don't know why, because she, otherwise she was, you know, a joy. She was nothing but affable and fun. And she showed up looking like a million bucks, just unbelievably gorgeous. And like I said, and she was just excited to, to do this show. Uh, and, um, so there's there's a question mark there. There was there was something I I think she thought she was just supposed to show up and just sign autographs for like an hour and then leave and not you know even stay for the whole the whole event. Uh, but you know the, so I I don't I wasn't asking her anything more than what I thought that that's what we were going to be doing. But she was gracious about it and uh, but 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 I, at the same time, however, 
I was kidding, of course, about the spoiler, of course, you know, because, of course, she, she wasn't going to be in the Rumble. But it wasn't the only spoiler for the crowd because she gave one, which I... Um, <laughs> I thought she was kidding. So if you, obviously, if you are listening to this, you've seen the Rumble, and if you haven't, stop listening now and come back after you've seen it. But uh, I just said, you know, welcome to the Dana Renton. I said, hey, Selena. I was like, I go, we're so glad that you're here. And I asked her questions about, you know, a few things about, um, you know, you know, to promote Texas-style pro wrestling, which she's going to be a part of. I'm going to be a part of it. And then she does this thing with kind of like how Lita and Trish do besties. Her and this uh, Canadian uh, backstage interviewer, a uh, girl named Alicia uh, Atut. I always get her name wrong. I hope I said it right. They had this thing called the Worsties. And it's kind of this like kind of thirst trap, only fans kind of deal, you know. And I gave her a chance to kind of plug that. And then, you know, just naturally I just said, hey, I go, well, any predictions? Like who, who do you, who, who you think is going to win? And she, very stone-faced, said, um, Melina. And I just kind of chuckled and laughed and said, ha, ha, ha. You know, because in that context, that would be funny. Because, you know, again, the Rumble's all about surprises and things like that. You know, and so I took it as, you know, that she was just, you know, having a laugh. Like, you know, like she, she could have said anybody. She could have said Mae Young or, uh, you know, the Mula or, or you know, that, that's it, it felt like the same thing. And I even had a joke, and I said, I said, well, I said, well, did you chat with her about it today? And then she goes, oh, not today. And I was like, okay, cool, you know. And, but again, you know, like I said, we, we had a gracious intro, and I and I asked her if she wanted to say anything else, and she shut that down pretty, pretty quickly. But And then the show begins. Well, one thing I, I was a little concerned about, because I wanted to, I'm thinking that like most Rumbles, now that they have two of them, they have to space them literally as far as apart as they possibly can be. So the first match is going to be one of the two Rumble matches. And they didn't even have a pre-show match, which was kind of strange. Maybe that was part of Shane McMahon's uh, thing <laughs> or his, his impact caused it not to happen. But anyway, so I was very pleased that the first match wasn't either one of the Rumble matches because I still needed to get you know something to drink and sit down, place a food order, you know, the whole bit. And kind of just kind of get settled. So it started, of course, with uh, the kind of the the, the the old shield thing. That was the Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns uh, for the Universal Championship. Um, with the stipulation, of course, that the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, were banned from ringside. Part of the the bloodline there, uh, helping out their real life cousin. And so I can't fucking stand Seth Rollins. Uh, so. Uh, I was happy that I wasn't that I, I didn't even care anything about what was about to happen. Uh, but I will say this: that him coming out to through the crowd with the shield music, dressed as his former shield self, because he was the one, of course, who broke up. You know, uh, historically broke up the shield. That really set the pace. That was a great move and a great creative. Uh, to really, because it was like, you know, you knew they were going to face each other, but you weren't expecting it to be like like that, and him coming to the crowd and all that, a great way to wind, you know, everybody up and to start the match and to start the pay-per-view. So that was, I thought that was, that was pretty, pretty cool. And they went almost 15 minutes uh, until uh, Seth actually won the match, actually by disqualification, 
because um, you know it was one of the things where you know he, you know he he can't lose clean, Roman can't lose clean, and he also can't lose the belt. So that was kind of I would say somewhat expected. But uh, believe it or not, I actually what I saw of it wasn't actually too bad. Uh, but then uh, we got down to freaking business, man, and it was time. It was now time for the Royal Rumble match. And I already told you, of course, the rules at the beginning of the show. And uh, and here we go, man. That was the whole thing, like, you know, who is going to start out at one and two? Now, I always thought that, I also thought that this was kind of a bad move. And it seems, again, like I said, I know people are always complaining, but, man, it does seem like the WWE is just making mistakes, man. Just But, again, like I said, what the fuck do we know? Like, you know... Um, you know, they're the ones that, that run this thing. They're the ones that have all these years in business. They know what's best for business. They know what's going to make them the most money. Um, so, you know, we may not like the decisions creatively, but, um, you know, they have the bottom line to worry about. We don't. So we, we're not thinking that in, like that. Uh, but anyway, okay. But I thought it was kind of silly. Like, why would you bring Sasha Banks back the night before the fucking Rumble, man? And not to mention, I guess that they also had to announce, you know, they kind of gave away some of the surprises, like already, like 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 in promotion, like we already knew Summer Rae was going to be a part of it, as well as, uh, you know, in the, the last few years, they, you know, it's been kind of predictable. You you know, you know, kind of some of the older uh, ones, they're going to make the return, the ones that still have the ability to and, and are in shape to do it and stuff, like Molly Holly and Michelle McCool and... Uh, uh, Summer Rae for the first time in five years, um, and, you know, and a few others. It was uh, it was so cool that you know Mickey James was part of the 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 first one. They had that great spot there with Trish, kind of renewing that, and they were and then they wanted to do something kind of similar with, between her and Michelle McCool because when they had that whole piggy that whole fat shaming thing was just terrible, man. But I thought that was so cool that I guess you know this everyone's using this word they've already made it lame, but I have to say it so you know what I'm talking about the whole forbidden door thing. But that's not something I would ever think that people would, you know, the WWE would be, would be up for. And Rick the Sign Guy, Ackberger, owes me 20 bucks because I I told him, I was like, Mickey James is going to show up. Because it was just crazy chatting about it anyway, but she's going to show up wearing the belt. That's the whole thing. It's not going to be like, oh, she's in the, the Rumble, but they're not going to acknowledge that she's part of Impact Wrestling, which, you know, he would have been right because that's, that's how normally that would have gone. It was just like kind of like, they, you know, even if like she's wrestling as like, like, let's say Mickey James is like her real name, but she is known in WWE as like the spider or some shit. She would have come back as the spider. All right. But no, she came back as is. Mickey James acknowledged as the Impact's champion, uh, Impact Wrestling uh, Women's Champion and came out with the belt. I thought that was really cool and and, 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 and an um, unexpected sign of, of progress and change uh, where WWE is concerned. And very cool to kind of get on board with that. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, that, so, but what were the surprises going to be? I thought that was kind of a waste opportunity unless you were, you know, uh, you know, since like I said before, since, you know, they, they've been in the other ones, these aren't going to be too much of a surprise, you know, if you, if you see them and it's a way to still kind of get you a little bit excited about it. Uh, but you know, I don't know who you guys thought. And, and again, maybe my opinion is completely, um, Uninformed because I I'm only going from like what seems obvious to me and or slash a wish wish list. I mean like on one hand, of course, obviously my number one choice would be AJ Lee. We all know that's not going to happen, so I mean, that's not get hysterical. But I'm saying like you know maybe Alexa or Bailey or um, 
you know, a forbidden door. Wouldn't that be crazy if Maria Canales had had shown up? And you know, and um, it would kind of take it. It would kind of take it away from from Mickey's moment. But you get what I'm saying, you know. So it started off with Sasha Banks as number one, and then number two was Melina. <laughs> so like, not only did Selena like truly like, and that wasn't like a good guess or anything. Like she was just in just like she knew Melina was going to be there. Whether she knew that nobody else knew that, I don't know. Or she didn't or she knew and didn't care or she was on the spot and couldn't think of another wrestler. I, I, I don't know. But I know that her and Melina are good friends and have tagged, have wrestled together against each other before with each, with each other as well as uh, one of my current favorites, uh, Thea Trinidad, who wrestles as, of course, Selena Vega. So it's Sasha and Melina, and a lot of things that rhyme with that. Uh, next thing you know, it's uh, it's Tamina. Uh, oh, Kelly Kelly was somebody else that was is still young and agile and, and enough. And uh, and uh, coming in fifth is perhaps my favorite. One of my favorites right now is my girl Aaliyah. She is awesome and gorgeous and just killing the outfits each week. And when she made that little broke that record of like I'm sure they did it on purpose to make it do this amount. I said uh, in three minutes and seventeen seconds I was like, "Where is my Aaliyah three seventeen T-shirt?" And she came out wearing one, so that's that's cool that they were, you know. And then right behind her is Liv Morgan, who I think was the odds-on favorite uh, to win this. And like I mentioned, my girl uh, now Queen Zelina, and Zelina like this whole thing was a fashion show, man. Sasha comes out is Sailor Moon and then Elimin and had this real emotional moment with, 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 with Melina and then completely devastates her and tosses her out in like literally under a minute. Like Melina was in the match for 53 seconds and you're kind of like, God, that was a big build up and a big emotional thing just for that to, and then she mocks her. Sasha's got no fucking chill factor, man. She starts doing the splits and shit. So this is what, so this is why this is so much fun. This is what this becomes. Uh, and then Zelina Vega is a big Twitch person as well and an and anime person. And she came out uh, as Macchiato and like just and then and with uh, kneecaps uh, intro. Vo- I mean, she just animated the fuck out of this, which means I mean, which means so much to her. And she was so inspired and so fucking awesome. And she came out. With what hands down the best cosplay of the year so far, uh, with always due respect to Sasha, who looked amazing as Sailor Moon, and she just put so much into you know, she had somebody, and then like I always liked Zelina's hair to I want it to be one solid color, and I, I don't want it to be swept on the back with one side and 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 17 different busy hairdos. I just want just a a just a I like her best with what they call big waves and long curls. And this time she actually had bangs, but it was all one color to look like the cosplay. And it was the best she's ever looked, in my opinion. The cosplay was on point, dude. And how funny that she was the one to eliminate Sasha Banks. So you got to see Machado eliminate Sailor Moon. And now that's what the Royal Rumble was about. So the women's was firing on all cylinders. We, they had that going on. Uh, right after that was Bianca Belair, uh, who was 
definitely because she's got got the goods, man. She was the Iron Woman, and she won almost like fifty minutes. Uh, then you've got Dana Brooke. Speaking of big waves and long curls and and big other things. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, she is looking really, really great, and I'm loving her as the 24/7 champion. I know people, you know, wrestling purists make fun of it. I think it's a lot of fun, and it's and it's a fun bit. Uh, and then I guess the but 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 Dana did not stay long. Uh, and uh, and this I also should say that Kelly Kelly only lasted about a minute and five seconds. And uh, Dana Dana was only in for for about two minutes and got eliminated by by Michelle McCool. Who was the very the next one the very the the next kind of you know old school surprise? So already you know in the top ten you've got Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, and Melina. So I mean you know this is happening. This is this is what a rumble should feel like. It still had some issues. I I, I felt that it wasn't as great as other years, but you know still some good stuff. Uh, then here comes Sasha Deville, who's got this whole thing against Naomi. And instead of merely entering the ring, she goes and sits down to talk to Corey Graves. Uh, and here comes Natty, who also was in for a long time. Look at her at 40 years old. She went almost 40 minutes. But here was the next surprise that worked into the whole thing between Sonya and Naomi was uh, the other Funkadactyl, Arion. But man, they really could have really missed out on a true funkadactyl reunion like she cut you know she come out to you know funk is on a roll and then suddenly like her and you know they kind of cleared the ring remember that one year when when rikishi and too cool like were the only ones in the ring and they stopped and the lights went down and they danced in the middle of the rumble and then he eliminates the two of them after he stopped that is Everything the Rumble is about. When you watch the Rumble, you're waiting for that moment, that kind of moment. Um, and the Kofi Kingston spot, which is just this kind of very acrobatic, you know, gravity-defying kind of thing to keep from being eliminated, which typically the women's, it's Naomi. And so, and of course, she was next because... Uh, before she came out there, Arion being the big surprise, so, uh, Corey Graves was kind of like stoking uh, Sonya by going, hey, you know, oh, that's a friend of Naomi's? Okay, well, I'm going to get back at her. I'm going to go attack her. So that, the way that was set up was pretty cool. I like that, but they should have it, they should have eliminated Sonya together and had a Funkadactyl moment, and they didn't. Instead, uh, Sonya gets up, and literally tosses Cameron 51 seconds later. Um, and then, you know, before, and then and then Naomi comes out. So they, they kind of missed out on that. Um, uh, then, let's see, coming up, and then, of course, Sonia, after she already got eliminated, eliminates Naomi. So, I mean, that, that could have been done a whole lot better. Carmella looking 10 shades of freaking insanely gorgeous. She is the most beautiful woman in all of WWE for that, you know. Um, let's see here. Then you had Rhea Ripley, uh, Charlotte Flair, uh, another surprise. Ivory course comes out as her right to censor old character, which is really appropriate for this day and age. I guess because she's, she is, uh, considerably older. I think, let's see here. Let me just click on this for a second here. I think, yeah, she's 60 years old now. So, I mean, I mean she's older than what girls. She will always be, shout out to my, to my glow girl. She will always will be Tina Ferrari to me, no matter what. 
but uh, they handled her with care, man. She just talked, kept the microphone in her hand, said a few words. Rhea Ripley picks her up and tosses her, like literally doesn't doesn't throw over the top rope, like picks her up and then places her on the out on the other side of the rope and in literally under thirty seconds. Uh, let's see here. And then another great thing was Brie Bella. And, you know, I wanted to say something very quickly. I just finished uh, the Bella Twins book, uh, uh, Incomparable, and it is really great, man. I know I sound like, like oh, I'm surprised. Well, I, I, I tend to, you know, if this was a lunch table at high school, I, I'm at the A.J. Lee, Cora, Jade table. I'm not sitting at the the cool, popular cheerleader Bella army table right but i do like them and have respect for them and i i've seen total divas and i've seen their own show and and yeah it's a little annoying but i do appreciate the work that they they have put in they're both uh insanely good looking and fit and have put a lot and have dedicated the better the last 15 years of their lives practically to, to, you know to this and and building you know women up and everything else and and i and I, as much as i love aj lee's pipe bomb where she came out there and 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 spoke her truth that I believe in as well, the way that they were, at least the Bellas were kind of buried as, or, or booked as people that were, you know, bringing women down and why women weren't getting a chance. Eh, that might be a little unfair. And, and the book certainly convinced me of that as well. That doesn't, that doesn't mean I still don't, of course, agree with what AJ Lee was saying. It was just the way, the way that they were booked. But man, they went through a rough, rough childhood. Man, I, I, did, I, I, I've seen them talk about it a little bit on on the on the show. But I mean, it's it's dark. Those girls have been through hell, and they've worked their ass off, and they're fucking hall of famers. They don't even have to do this. So good for them, and had a great showing. Bree looked great. She just had her, a second child, and she still did twenty minutes. And and then, uh, of course, her sister was not was soon to follow uh, a little bit later. But before that, here came Mickey James, like I said, with the Impact Wrestling belt. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, and then, of course, maybe somebody that you would maybe expect—not a total surprise, but uh, but in Alicia Fox. Uh, and then I, I love Nikki Cross's almost a superhero um, uh, gimmick. I love that a lot. She was next. And then here comes Summer Rae, who literally ran by the camera. Like, she came out like the fucking ultimate warrior, sprinting hard to the ring to go after, I guess, to rekindle her food with Natalia. And I wonder if she got in trouble because she ran right by the camera and right in shouting. I guess she was caught up in the moment, screaming, fuck you. And I was like, goodness gracious, girl, get it. And then again, of course, here comes... Uh, but what was what sucked about it is that you know they they built this whole thing up and I don't think they did this just just to get her some heat when they called her a legend. I don't think she's not a legend. A lot of people went like, "What? What do you mean, WWE legend Summer Rae? Like she hasn't been in the company that long and she's been gone for five years and wasn't that great to begin with? She was uh, homeboy's dance partner. Like I, I wonder if they did that just to, to purposely piss off the fans or to, to, or those types of fans that would get pissed off about such a thing." I digress, but you know they they built you know she had she she did more I mean like, like she's been on the show she wasn't just announced she like set in the audience and they did a lot of build up for this and only for her to be in the ring for fifty two seconds I that didn't and by Natty so I guess Natty is still winning that feud it looks like um 
then, like I said, then of course you had Nikki Bella, and they did this great spot. Nikki was all uh, was actually in the in the ring, uh, even though she would you would see her as the more of the fit of the two Bella twins. Um, also, a, a new mother. Congratulations to her as well. She actually did half the time. Uh, Nikki uh, did eight minutes and forty seconds. And but then got eliminated by her own sister. I, that I mean, you love to see it. That's that's what you want to see, man. You know. And uh, another surprise that that came and went as fast as they did. I think again, also congratulations in order. Is there was a mini uh, a riot squad reunion with Sarah Logan, who I was happy to see and and but no more so than Liv Morgan was happy to see her friend and they had a little emotional moment there but as soon as she came in she was gone 40 literally 43 seconds later she was gone eliminated by the Bella twins and then uh somebody that you knew a legend that was going to be in her hair had announced it uh and it looks like she's going to try to go for us for a, a second run was my girl Lita and what a pop she received and let me tell you something back in the day during like i i kind of missed the attitude era but when she was coming up with the hardy boys let me tell you something i was so in love with her and not not just her but just the whole look and she was so sexy and so athletic and so innovative and and just like the best, man. I mean, you weren't seeing people do that kind of. You're still not seeing people do that. Like, I know back then, you know, people were supposed to be like like eye candy. She was the anti eye candy even then, while still looking like a whole snack, right? Okay. And people now still aren't doing half the shit she, she was doing back then, and can still and can still do. And it looks like she's still gonna try to go for a run because. Um, you know, she was on Raw the next night, challenging Becky Lynch. Look, they're going to go for it at the uh, in one of those generational type kind of matches at the next pay per view, which is, is uh, the Elimination Chamber coming up in a few weeks. So that was really, really cool, and uh, and she did a full ten minutes and looked great, man. Now, also from that era, like I mentioned, was Molly Holly in her Mighty Molly. Uh, kind of gimmick and I don't know why I didn't think about this and Chris was sitting next to me and he goes oh my god where's Nikki Cross and I was like why like what 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 would that have to do and you know like an idiot well of course it had everything to do with it that was the whole spot you know what I mean that was the whole spot was for her to come out and like the battle of like the superheroes and it was man she got attacked and tossed out in 20 seconds. She's like a producer now for WWE. So she probably was sitting at her desk and put on the cape and the mask for a little, little less than half in a minute and did it. But it was it was a great spot. That's what makes the Royal Rumble the Royal Rumble. And then here comes, I guess, for some... It's, it's like this. This is going to sound so snobby. Let's say that you're at a Metallica concert or something like that, right? Well, for me, I can't imagine anybody like waiting the whole show to hear the song Enter Sandman. Like to me, I'm waiting on Enter Sandman so I can go to the bathroom. And that sounds so bitchy, I know. But I'm serious. Like you hear that song nine times a day on terrestrial radio. Like you know they're going to play it. Like, Like there's no anticipation. There's no... 
it's just it's obligation at that point. So so if that were to happen, like oh my god, here comes like what why would why would you go oh but dude, they're playing Inner Sandman. So I guess this was still a surprise, but it was for me the Inter Sandman of the Royal Rumble uh and that being Ronda Rousey. Now I, I do like Ronda Rousey. I, I am not a UFC person, but there's something about her. You just She has that it factor. You can't take your eyes off of her. And it's kind of like, I, I really don't like the, the weird hairstyle that she employs. And she's kind of got a weird face. But I also have seen her, and I've seen her, I was like, my gosh, this woman is is so sexy and, and something about her you know and i love the of course the whole roddy piper thing and her coming out to joan jett's bad reputation i i don't know what it is dude i just i don't want to see her in wwe i, I don't like it i don't want her to, i don't want to see her do it her run before i thought was not fun i thought it took away from the product you know in my opinion again they know the bottom line maybe this brought a bunch of eyes to it i saw sasha banks on uh, Steve Ains, uh, Steve Ainsworth. <laughs> he must be thinking about me. Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions, and and he even said, he goes, well, you know what she brought to wrestling, and Sasha goes, she did what now? She what, what did she do again for women? So, you know, she was very outspoken about that. So I don't know, but I, for me, it's like, and I know that she practically killed my girl Alexa Bliss, and she doesn't really know what she was doing. Hurt a bunch of people. Didn't talk to a bunch of legitimate shit after. But even without any of that. I just, I'm not interested in Ronda Rousey any more than I am in Brock Lesnar. And, you know, I don't I don't need to see her come in and do her whole UFC thing. Like, it doesn't excite me. The bit they did at WrestleMania 31 in San Jose, well, that was seven fucking years ago, that was really fun, where The Rock walked to the ringside area and, the, you know, people at home watching didn't know that she was there. Like, that was done well. And a spot like that where she flipped over Triple H. I, I don't need to see her because it's impossible to spin your spin your display because there's nobody that could legitimately beat her. You know, I mean, maybe in a few years, but right now I don't I don't think there is. Anyway, and it is also it, it kind of felt like you know even though she came in at, I think 28, it kind of felt like right then the rumble's over. Like we we now know who's gonna win. I mean, like whatever. And uh, after her was Shotzi Blackheart, which I make her call Shotzi, who I love, love, love. And they didn't give her much of a chance. She was in there for under three minutes. And then speaking of Ronda Rousey, number 30 was her friend Shayna Baszler. And they had a fun little, quick little exchange that I thought, that I thought was kind of cool. Uh, but ultimately, um, it came down uh, and Ronda Rousey was victorious. So again, this royal woman's Rumble, it had what you wanted. It had it had the the old you know the old stars coming back. It had a little bit of surprises. It it wasn't overtly charming, however. I feel like that every Royal Rumble, once it hits its stride, that's what makes it so special. Is when it hits that stride of charm, and this one really never quite hit that mark. Um, what would have? I think maybe like a, a, a current returning star, truly like like Alexa, a Bailey. Again, like I said, uh, you know they could have done, you know, a couple little different spots here and there, and they could have maybe played up the Michelle McCool thing with uh, uh, Mickey James a little bit better. I don't know. Tweaks could have been made to really sweeten the pot here, and that didn't happen. Um, I know what is it. Um, 
not Beckett. What's what's the something media? Is it Beckett? I don't think it's Beckett. Um, that does their grading system. And I try not to do that, but I'm going to do more more of a. They do like a letter grade, like like a report card. I'm going to give it more like a on scale from one to ten. I thought that I, you know, and I'm only comparing this, of course, to the other women's Royal Rumble matches. But I would probably give it. Yeah, you know, right at about maybe a, a seven, like like a six point five seven ish kind of thing. Uh, but I did enjoy. It. I thought it was fun. I uh, just again, like I said, I, I found it to be somewhat predictable and 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 considerably lacking in a lot of areas that where it didn't need to be. So anyway, there you go. That's the women's Royal Rumble match. To tell me who you thought was going to win, who should have won, what was on your prediction card what went down and we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back and we're gonna do it all over again with the this this time with the men's come on back while we take a short commercial break you should too from trying to get yourself over and since you're listening to this you probably have disposable income so let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use now is wrestling. Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, if you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all-around badass, Barbara Haran, p- puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace, and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue and dinner is included uh, unlimited drinks are included um you know she treats her staff so well they're not getting the whatever the two dollar an hour and relying on tips things she makes she takes good care of them N- literally none of them have had to suffer uh throughout the pandemic thankfully uh barb's just a great gal a great person uh, very creative and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so, if you're ever in Greenville or even near, anywhere near Dallas, make a point to visit the Texan Theater in, in, uh, in Greenville. And as you know, we're working on our uh, uh, King's X film project. You know, as you know, I'm a filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville. Check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord. Back to the action. All right, all right, all right. And, you know, another part of this where it just seemed like everything was off is why would you follow you know the women's Royal Rumble match which any match after after a big match like that is going to be some bad real estate right why would you do just another women's match do you know what i mean like it seems like 
you know, maybe the, the mix tag or something, uh, which we'll get to in a second, which was actually fantastic and actually my favorite part of the whole thing, actually, um, which a lot of people would, would look at that as a gimmick, you know, e kind of deal. It actually turned out to be, for me at least, the best, the, the one I actually enjoyed the most. Um, but yeah, so they did this whole thing, of course, you know, with Becky Lynch and, you know, Piper Niven, of course, as uh, Dewdrop, who was kicking ass, by the way. I'm actually I'm actually a, a, a fan of hers. I think she's doing great. I miss Eva Marie. I thought it was that was a great pairing. It sucks that she got uh, she got cut. And uh, she lives just up the road from us now here. Eva Marie is in South Lake. And my wife and I have actually run into her and her husband, Jonathan, right here at the Star in Frisco a couple of times. I guess they, they, you know, we eat there a lot. It's a, it's a nice little entertainment complex and stuff. So welcome to Texas, Eva Marie. Um, forgive us. We're still doing stuff at home here and you can hear the neighbor's dog. Uh, anyway, uh, this was, they went, th first of all, this batch just went super long at 13 minutes. Uh, and you probably have already heard this, but I can't just, things just seem to just, of, you know how like when something bad happens, it just seems to be momentum and just more bad. Well, like I said, like, you know, um, how I, again, I thought the women's Royal rumble was, wasn't, wasn't that bad at all, really. I mean, I mean, again, it wasn't a 10, but it wasn't a two either, you know, you know, so about, about a six, but about a seven, you know? But anyway, so but that was that was a, another bad mistake uh, doing that. And again, I'm not trying to like trying to book it myself. I'm just you know trying or complain like everybody does. I'm just giving you my experience. And uh, but then the sign caught on fire. You know the whole thing. You know, uh, of course. You know, I, I don't give a shit about Ronda Rousey in in this. This is not really maybe like again her being popular will bring eyes on it but she's not really great at it you know what i mean like the the promos aren't great we already know she's a badass so you can believe it but i'd much rather see her in 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 ufc in this there's just something about it this doesn't feel right you know she doesn't seem like a team player she's not again she seems almost like somebody that this is not really built to be on the mic you know you know she can kick ass in the in the ring and the octagon and all that and all that stuff, but that's that's part of it. In fact, it's almost the most important part of it. So she points to the sign, and <laughs> almost like an omen, the damn thing catches on fire. And so poor uh, uh, Becky and uh, and Dewdrop are having to to work a match while they had to evacuate. Uh, you can see on the show, everyone's looking away from the from the ring. They're looking at the sign that's on fire. I mean, they they, they should have done something. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. Um, Anyway, the, the the thing went on for thirteen minutes until finally, uh, you know, Becky finally put it to an end. So that was an unfortunate thing for them. Uh, again, uh, and then the next thing, of course, was you know Bobby Lashley, uh, you know, competing, of course, against you know Brock Lesnar um, for the WWE Championship. You know, and for many, this is like the big moment. And again, forgive me, I just I I'm not interested. I'm not, not nothing about that storyline interest me at all i think bobby lashley is an amazing competitor but boring and i feel the same way about brock lesnar and i feel the same way about roman reigns and so this that whole angle doesn't do anything for me and then i think that what it also t did what it did do for me was it, it telegraphed 
when Brock Lesnar lost, like for a lot of people, uh, that that meant that he was probably going to be into the Rumble and go on to win it. So I'd already kind of telegraphed it. In, in fact, whenever we were doing the party at Dave and Buster's, uh, you know, people were filling out the cards, you know, like I said, the ballots, you know, to win the contest. Who do you think is going to win? And there was a lot of Brock Lesnar's on it. Well, Brock Lesnar wasn't even on, you know, he, he, you know, and, and, and they had to turn this in before that this match even happened. So a lot of people kind of felt like this is what, what was coming. Uh, and it was unfortunate. <laughs> um and but you know what was what was actually fortunate uh, was the next one. This whole buildup with Beth Phoenix looking badass and her uh, faux hawk thing with her husband Edge and, and how fun is that? Like like real life couples, you know, battling it out. Uh, speaking of Beth Phoenix, she just released uh, her first EP, uh, and we actually we played a song from it last. Uh, last week, hope you hope you check it. It's called "Women Behaving Badly." Uh, is the name of the song we played, and um, "Stone Bone and Roses" is what it's uh, is what the EP is called, and you can get it on on all your regular platforms there, and it's actually pretty good. But uh, anyway, but this whole build up with the uh, first of all, I love Maurice, uh, one of my all time favorite performers. She's just so amazing and just captivating, and I love everything that she's done to build up. This. I, I know a lot of people are kind of. Uh, you know what he called on the fence about Miz, but you can't argue that his place in this industry and and within the company, and whatever your opinions are, there's just no denying that that dude is talented. He's got he's in, he's entertaining, um, and you know you can say like oh he doesn't you know he's not Mick Foley you know in terms of death defying, but you know he works a style that keeps him. You know, going home at night to his family and prolonging his career. Like, why, why, why wouldn't you do anything else? And um, if you want to be the guy that's going to have to retire at 30, 35, uh, and and you know walk with a limp for the rest of your life, who, who you know who wants or needs that? Who who is that? Who is that pleasing? Uh, anyway, but the the whole thing about that this match was just great. Um, and you know, Edge and, and Beth came out victorious, but man, I just thought that the, everything about the whole thing with the brick and the purse, and when they had the, um, uh, you know, the the renewal of the vows and and all that great stuff, and God, Marie still looks so great. Golly, okay. So now, after all of that, we finally get down to the men's Royal Rumble. <laughs> And my goodness, was this such a snooze fest? How do you get this so wrong? I know I, I, I'm like a, I'm a contradicting myself in terms of like complaining, but um, you know, I, I I said before at the beginning of the show. I mean, you know what you want in a Royal Rumble. You want surprises. You want returns. You want the celebrity spot. You want the the inspired. You think this this is where AEW gets it right uh, with a lot of their stuff. They they feel like that they have their finger on the pulse, and the fans feel like they have their finger on the pulse of what what we're looking for. Things you might not have thought of, and to make it interesting. And and this just felt like this almost could have been like there was no show on the pre-show. This feels like that could this almost could have been that it was just mid card after mid card after mid card with nothing pleasing at all. We start off with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, AJ being number one, being being the Iron Man, he went he went almost thirty minutes in this. And the next again is just mid card. Austin Theory, then 
Bobby Roode came out for under a minute. Ridge Holland, who I'll be honest, I have no idea who that is. Uh, Montez Ford, of course, as part of the Street Profits, came out. Damian Priest. You know, nothing against these guys, but this this is still not anything like, oh, okay, this would this would this would be uh, uh, you know, if there was a match between Rob Roode and Ridge Holland, you'd be going to the bathroom. This is when I can go to the bathroom now, right? Uh, Sami Zayn came out for all of three minutes, and then you had the the, um, the celebrity thing with, with Johnny Knoxville, who looked great, by the way. He was only in in the, the match for about 90 seconds. They should have let that go maybe a little bit longer. But, you know, that, that was a cool little buildup, and it took them, you know, uh, you know, nine people to get to something, and it only lasted for 90 seconds. Um, Angelo Dawkins comes out. He's only out there for, for two minutes. And then your big guy, Omos, the Kane spot, uh, he eliminated three people, uh, and, and he was only out there for like four minutes. I guess I guess because he's so big, he gets blown up and all that. Of course, you've seen Ricochet, then Chad Gable, Dominique Mysterio, uh, Baron Corbin's new gimmick. I mean, that is literally one, two, three, four, five, six. Then Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus, all predictable and people you see every week and aren't that interesting and kind of boring and aren't involved in anything. And I mean, there's no disrespect, but there's just nothing there. Rick Boogs came out at, eight, at number 18. I did want to say something about him. I love him and I love his intro to with Shinsuke. My little boy loves it. And we walk around the house and I'll say, Hey, yo. And the uh, my name's Rick. Boogs. I should get him on the show to do this. He does it so great. Um, uh, so I'm happy to, to see him involved. But then you have Madcap Moss. Have no idea who that is. Uh, of course, Matt Riddle came and he had a long showing for about 20 minutes. Uh, then I guess the return of Drew McIntyre. But is that really a return? Okay, something big's got to happen, right? Uh, uh, but no, here comes Kevin Owens. And then Rey Mysterio. We are now at number 24. And then Kofi comes out. And you've already heard this. Just again, just this this fucking show was cursed. Kofi is going to start to do his, his spot. The Kofi spot. And he botched it. And they could have, but I mean, that's the thing is him. I mean, he barely botched it. His feet touched the ground for like, I mean, he, he jumped from the top turnbuckle to land on the wall. The crowd is finally into this and behind this, and literally 21 seconds later, he was eliminated because I guess they had to make the decision. I mean, did you see his feet touch the ground? And I guess they thought that it was gonna it was gonna taint it. And I guess they already know that going in. It's like, hey, you know, like I, he may not make it. It's like it's like Steve Austin probably should have won four of these. There was one where he was supposed to last a lot longer, or maybe even win one. And uh, but he he made you know the ropes were real slippery, whatever, and he went over. And that's that's the break. That's that's the breaks they say. But man, alive! You know this was. I don't even know if this could have even could have saved this snooze fest, but it would have been something. And he was in it shorter than literally than anybody. Like Kofi Kingston was in the rumble. The one guy you're looking forward to, he was in this rumble the shortest amount of time than anybody. The thing was cursed. Uh, here comes Otis, who I loved, and that could have been a. A, uh, a cane spot. He eliminates one person after being eliminated by by Riddle and uh, and Randy Orton after about nine minutes. Uh, here comes Big E, who I love, who eliminated literally no one. 
Uh, and then I guess the other uh, celebrity spot was, of course, the Bad Bunny guy. Who I'll say this, uh, you know, the music. I'm not. I will never be into that. Uh, and that's not because I'm, I'm closed-minded. I love music. I and I, I was interested in checking it out because of his involvement. And I can say that's that's something that I'm not the demographic for. And whatever. But he had a super impressive uh, showing last year. Whenever we were in Tampa for WrestleMania, so I'm not mad about that at all. And uh, he was in uh, uh, for you know again he he didn't do the 30 second you know Johnny Knoxville thing. He was in for. Uh, let's see here, like eight minutes and, and eliminated two people. And then we get to Shane McMahon. I, and I guess this is supposed to be a surprise, but, uh, you know, it's hard to to suspend what we know now in talking about it. But, like, Shane comes out. Is this supposed to be, like, a big surprise, like a big deal? We were sitting there going, like, what would save this? Like, like a Bray Wyatt or even Cody Rhodes. I know Cody probably wouldn't do it, but since he's currently got those... You know negotiations. It was leaving you know some some doubt about his future at AEW. I, I mean, not seriously, or even Chris Jericho. Like, I mean, would that really be a bad thing? I could see Jericho being up with that. You know, just something to make the crowd go, "Oh, fuck!" You know, and that did not happen. And it's no matter what Shane McMahon was responsible for, he also did not bring that OF moment. And instead, he goes in there acting like he, you know, he can outstrike uh, Matt Riddle, who's a legitimate UFC guy, and all, you know. And again, like I said, knowing what we know now, and I see him in the ring, I'm like, golly, this guy just has lost his mind. He's trying to, you know, he's having a midlife crisis in real time, and he's trying to, you know, make himself look strong and, and a contender, and going into, you know, the elimination chamber and going to WrestleMania. And he's over 50, man. He should be getting people over, right? And then, of course, the end, uh, you know, the then Randy Orton comes out. Randy Orton was in the Royal Rumble. A, a former Royal Rumble member comes out, a winner, comes out at 29, and he's in the match for two and a half minutes and eliminated two people. <laughs> and then, of course, the here comes the absolute uh, just like non-surprise of all time at number 30. Check this out. Of course, he wins the damn thing. So your winners, instead of being Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss or even something completely crazy like Aaliyah, it was Ronda Rousey. And then the winner, <laughs> instead of being, you know, 
golly, I mean, any anybody else, I would say, than Brock Lesnar. So you got the two UFC part-timer people, and I guess that's, and again, they, they know the bottom line. But uh, I address the crowd there at Dave & Buster's after, and I said, hey, guys, I've had such a good time tonight feeling you guys and, and, and his energy and, and enthusiasm and excitement, and I've had a great time tonight. But that might be the worst Royal Rumble I have ever seen in my life. And that got the biggest pop of the night there in the crowd. I'll see if I can find some audio for you. us up here uh, for this week. Again, let me know what did you think of the Royal Rumble. I think I already kind of know what you think about the Royal Rumble, but uh, I'd still like to hear from you, of course, at my main thing is at, uh, at TrickyKid2 on Twitter. I'm under DJ TrickyKid on Instagram. Our wrestling feed on Twitter is TKR Wrestling. It's TKR Wrestling for Tricky Kid Radio Wrestling, but the show, of course, is, is This Is Wrestling, which I hope you're subscribing to. Uh, and it might help you out here. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to say this too. I met so many people at this event that were fans of this show. And I couldn't believe it. I was so, you know, the pandemic, I don't get to meet a lot of a lot of, the, of, our, of our very loyal and wonderful listeners. And it was so great to get a chance to meet all of you. And there was a moment there where I basically signed autographs and took pictures for about a half an hour. And, uh, and people, and I even told people, I said, hey, you know, if you or show me that you're, you know, that you're a fan and, and you're following the show, come on up. I got something for you. And, uh, and of course, that was tickets coming up to, like I mentioned before at the top of the show, the Texas-style wrestling happening in Addison on WrestleMania week on April the 1st. And MLW is coming back to town as well. Um, so make sure you know about that stuff. And I, I just want to thank all the people that, that came up and were like, hey, man, I love the show. People were quoting things I had said to Allie the Bunny a few weeks ago and just just a very dedicated and loyal base uh, all of you and I, I'm so grateful for it and I and make sure you I hope you'll be following us course on Twitch because hey I reward our Twitch followers where you actually can ask our guest in real time that's at twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid once again I'm your host Roy Turner I uh, again lots of stuff coming up man Elimination Chamber and my gosh, uh, rest in peace to my sleep uh, habit uh, when it comes to come WrestleMania week. So we'll be doing daily shows that week. So that's going to be a big fun deal. Anyway, I'm your host, Roy Turner. Have a great week. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner, edited and mastered by Marcus Miller, theme music by The Buck Pets, original score by Jocelyn Hunt, artwork by Antora Sandy, 
Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.